0: March the sixth, 2023. Now ah, we're we're seeing flowers popping up here in the Midwest. The weather's been so mild. The daffodils are starting to bloom. You see all kinds of green stuff popping out of the ground. Spring's right around the corner. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, put your email address in there. We'll send you out a notice when our next episode comes out. All right. These are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. President Biden's FAA administrator nominee makes clear he is not fit for the position. From the Daily Wire, Alaskan Republican Senator Dan Sullivan warned that President Joe Biden's nominee to lead the Federal Aviation Administration might not be up to the task. Sullivan questioned Biden's choice of Phil Washington at a time when the country has experienced numerous transportation related accidents in aviation near misses. The Alaska senator called for a qualified head for the FAA. This week, GOP Senator Dan Sullivan tells George Stephanopoulos that President Biden's nominee to lead the FFA doesn't have a lot of experience with regard to aviation safety. We need a qualified head of the FAA. We need to be on this, on safety, now. Senator Ted Budd, I asked Biden's nominee for FAA Administrator seven basic questions about aviation policy. He went, o oh, for seven. We can't have an FAA administrator who needs on the job training spencer brown so the guy biden wants to put in charge of the ffa doesn't know what the ffa requires for aircraft identification and tracking how the faa delineates airspace over the united states and how the faa certifies airplanes or how the faa regulates drones at least they can check the box for a diversity higher though okay so this is typical joe biden don't look at qualifications. They look at diversity uh, issues, whether they check off the box. The more we continue down this road, we're going to have a complete mess of our country because we don't put the most qualified people in their positions. We only are concerned about their race or their gender or other issues that don't have anything to do with the job that they're applying for. Shame on us. All right, headline number four. Jill Biden dismisses the idea of mental competency test. From Hot Air, CNN heavily promoted its primetime special event, Jill Biden Abroad, which aired Thursday night. During the interview, Jill Biden dismissed the idea that politicians 75 years old and older should take competency tests. The idea was brought forth by GOP presidential primary candidate Nikki Haley. Jill's response was to tell the interviewer to look at the great job Joe Biden is doing. From CNN Politics, It's ridiculous. First Lady Jill Biden dismisses Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley's calls for a mental competency test for politicians over the age of 75. Okay, so it's very obvious why she is in opposition to a competency test, because she knows her husband is not competent. That doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. As we recall, you remember how the mainstream media was calling for President Trump to take a competency test remember that and he took it and what happened he got straight A's and now when it comes to the Democrats which are total hypocrites and we ask of them the same thing then we get this kind of a response that it's not necessary. So it's typically because they're trying to hide something and Jill Biden knows her husband better than anybody and that's why she's saying what she's saying. All right, headline number three. Columbia University does away with SAT, ACT requirements for applicants. From the New York Post, Columbia University will no longer require undergraduate applicants to submit their SAT or ACT standardized test scores, becoming the first Ivy League school to permanently go test optional. Our review is purposeful and nuanced, respecting varied backgrounds, voices, and experiences. And in order to best determine an applicant's suitability for admission and the ability to thrive in our curriculum and our community and to advance access to our educational opportunities, the announcements said. From the Daily Mail, the University of California system became the largest higher education institute in the U.S. to abandon test scores as part of a 2021 court settlement. Facing a lawsuit from students and groups who said the SAT and ACT are biased against students of color, the system opted to stop considering test scores entirely. The organization behind the SAT and ACT have denied allegations that their tests are biased. All right, so, so this is more woke crap bullshit. I mean, it's, uh, it's not fair to the students. It's, uh, it's a woke critical race theory theory idea that's permeated our higher education systems, our universities. You don't make admittance based on scores, but based on color. I mean, it's, it's just, it's absurd, it's ridiculous. I heard stories of students wanting to apply as a medical student and not have to take tests. Can you imagine uh, sitting in front of your physician and, and he, he didn't pass his tests or he had low uh, SATs or ACT scores but he was because he was a person of color, then he received his uh, Ph.D., and he, he's able to practice medicine. Does that make any sense to anybody? I don't think so. But this is coming out of Columbia University in California, which doesn't surprise us. California has uh, already fallen off the cliff. But that's what we have today, folks. Woke colleges based on DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. All right, headline number two, Walmart leaves Portland citing crime. From the National Review, Walmart announced its plan to close its final two locations in Portland, Oregon at the end of March following underwhelming financial results. The closures, which will result in nearly 600 employees being laid off, come after a statement by Walmart CEO Doug McMillan in December of 2022, noting that record breaking retail theft had undercut the company's economic performance of late. Companies shuttering stores in Portland has become increasingly common. Last year, a clothing store, Rand PDX, shut down operations with the company, specifically citing the cost of doing business in the wake of historic retail theft. Walmart has announced it will permanently close all its locations in Portland, Oregon. Nearly 600 will lose their jobs. The closures follow the consequences of the 2020 BLM Antifa riots, that helped justify and normalize urban criminality and retail theft. All right, so all these uh, social experiments with dropping the penalties for crime, cashless bail, George Soros appointed districts of attorney around the country, and of course what we saw, riots in Portland, the CHAZ where they shut down the entire city and they bombed the police stations and, and all the things that were going on in that area. And just walking in and, and just... Uh, Looting Walmarts and uh, just letting people do it. I mean, if you continue to have those kind of laws, then God forbid our country's pretty much gone if you allow for these woke individuals to allow for these laws to be passed. All right, headline number one, California Reparations Board Raised Payment Amount, Insist Reparations Will Reduce Crime. For the New York Post, a reparations task force in California has increased the amount of money it wants taxpayers to hand out in compensation for racial discrimination and enslavement. After first proposing $220,000 payments last year, the California Reparations Task Force proposed at a meeting Friday that every black citizen in the state be given a $360,000 check. The project could cost as much as $640 billion, but there was no word on how it would be funded in the cash-strapped state. Fox News, equal opportunity activist Ward Connery responded to a California board's claims that offering reparations for black state residents would not only stimulate the economy, but would also put a damper on crime. Okay, so more of this rot gut DEI stuff. This is the same thing, thinking that uh, you can just give out money and it's going to solve problems. Typical Democratic ideas that money solves problems doesn't do anything of the sorts. If anything, it creates more problems. This reminds me of a, an Oprah Winfrey episode that was pretty well known. They brought in the entire audience were lottery winners that had won, you know, big money from the lottery and almost 100% of them, maybe in the high 90s, had gone broke or their marriages were broke, their families broke down, they were fighting over the money that they had received And uh, I'm not saying that that is going to happen here, but when you give things away to people, that doesn't mean that that's going to solve crime issues. It's going to just bankrupt the state of California, and it's not going to bring any resolution. And how do you figure out who to give the $360,000 checks? And, of course, people are going to stand there in front of the task force and say, you know, give me free money. I mean, everybody that would had that opportunity would stand there and make that claim. It's just it's just crazy. In California, where are they going to get that money? They're already in debt. Six hundred and forty billion dollars. It'll never happen. It's just a pipe dream by a bunch of far leftists. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Thanks for joining me on the Firm America podcast. I'll be away out of town for the next few days, so we'll see you probably next Friday sometime. Have a great week. We'll see you then. God bless you. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.